The Holy Gospel is taken from John chapter 20, the first verse. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to him, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, and the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the faith cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Thus far, our reading from the word of God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed, alleluia. And because Jesus Christ lives, we live too. And the power that he showed when he rose from the dead is the power and strength that he gives us to know that even in our worst imaginable situations that we can come away stronger. Many of us enjoy hearing stories about people who have experienced some kind of negative circumstance or even tragedy in their lives and yet in the end they've come out stronger. One such story happens to center around a 10-year-old boy who was in a terrible car accident. In fact, he lost his entire left arm right there at the shoulder. 
when he was 10 years old, this happened, but when he was 12, he thought, I want to play sports. And he was a pretty athletic guy, so he tried different things and ended up taking judo classes with a Japanese master. And uh, the boy was doing quite well. He was enjoying the sport, but the master only taught him one move. Sensei, the boy finally said, shouldn't I be learning more moves than just that one? This is the only move that I'm going to teach you, the sensei said. But let me tell you, it's the only move that you're ever going to need. Well, the young man continued his hard work in his judo lessons, and several months later, he entered his first tournament. Surprising himself, the boy easily won the first two matches. The third match, though, proved to be a little more difficult, but after some time, his opponent became impatient and charged him. The boy deftly used that one move and pinned him. Amazingly, now he was in the finals. And his opponent was much bigger, stronger, more experienced. For a while, the boy appeared to be overmatched. In fact, the, the referee called timeout and was going to stop the match. That's when the sensei called out and says, referee, please let them continue. Soon after the match resumed, his opponent made a mistake. He aggressively charged that boy with one arm. And instantly, the boy used that one move to take him down and to pin him, and he became the champion. Well, on the way back from the match, the boy was honest with the sensei and asked him, he says, sensei, how did I win that tournament with only one move? Well, he says, you won for two reasons. First, because you've almost mastered the most difficult throw in judo. But secondly, the reason you won is the only defense for that move is for your opponent to grab your left arm. You see, your biggest weakness has helped you to come away stronger. There is one move in all of history that makes all the eternal difference for you and for me. And as a result of any circumstance that we have, we can come away stronger. What is that one move? It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed, alleluia. You know, we don't like to admit our weaknesses. The expression, play to your strengths, is all about focusing on what we can do well. And yet here in our Easter gospel, we see that weakness is always an opportunity for God to turn things around for us and to help us to be strong, not in our own power and our own strength, but strong in his grace and to come away stronger. Psalm 73, verse 26 says, Even when my flesh and heart shall fail me, God is the strength of my heart. And he's your strength too. In our Easter gospel, there's one main character that we want to focus on, and that's Mary Magdalene. And certainly she, on that first Easter morning, was walking on the devastating side of the tomb. The weak side, we might call it. On Friday, Jesus appeared to be totally weak as he hung helplessly on the cross and Mary was there. She experienced the tragedy as the crowd jeered at Jesus as his naked body hung there with nails hammered into his hands and into his feet. Mary was there to the bitter end when Jesus cried out, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit and took his last breath. Mary was there when they took the body down from the cross. 
Yes, the death of Jesus looked like the end. The ultimate weakness. So no wonder Mary came to the tomb sobbing while it was still dark on that first day of the week. Now, many of us can relate to Mary's feelings of helplessness and sadness because many of us have also stood on the Calvary side of the tomb. We've been there at cemeteries or columbariums after the loss of a loved one. Many of you have or will experience tears of disappointment and loss and grief, just like Mary. And a lot of times we ask why. Even Jesus, according to his human nature, asked his father if there was any other way that he could bring humanity back to God. Does, would he have to die on that cross? Yet death is real. Why? Because it's the curse of sin. It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve when the Lord told them that as a result of their disobedience, they would surely die. And if Jesus was to carry out the mission of the Father to bring again his creation back to himself, to bring people back into a living relationship with the God who made him, Jesus would have to suffer the punishment for that sin. He would have to die in our place. He could do that because he was true God and true man. On this side of heaven, we also live on that Calvary side of death. The Calvary side is one of weakness and discouragement and disasters and pandemics like we've had. We cannot escape sickness, disease, and the ultimate weakness, which is death itself. The Bible says it's the last enemy to be defeated. A friend of mine tells the story of, of his neighbor. They, their garages faced each other, and every Saturday, my friend's neighbor was out in the garage tinkering around. And uh, he would be there every week, and so you could see what was going on. And he saw a, a, a glass jar of marbles on his workbench, and it was full. One time, my friend got up the courage to ask him, says, what, what are all those marbles about? You don't have any kids at home anymore. And the neighbor guy says, well, he says, it's a reminder for me because every Saturday I spend out here is one less Saturday that I will have on earth. So I take one of the marbles and I put it into the trash. How profound. Because living on the Calvary side of the tomb is real. And it's all about weakness. It'll always be there for us until Jesus comes again or he calls us home to be with him. And yet when Jesus on the cross hung there and cried out, it is finished, the sins of the world, the penalty for those sins had been paid for. That penalty which causes weakness and sin and death, it was, it was fully accounted for. And God the Father accepted that sacrifice when Jesus then rose from the dead. And that's why David could look forward to the victory that Jesus won for us and writes in Psalm 30, verse 5, he says, Weeping may remain for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And that's what our story is about in our gospel reading. Joy coming in the morning. As Peter and John, John beat him there to the tomb. He was younger and faster. They look into the tomb and they see that it's empty. And they're excited and they believe and they run off to tell the other disciples. But that leaves Mary there. She lingers at the tomb in her grief, in her disappointment and sadness. And as she's weeping, she looks into the tomb, we are told by the gospel writer John. And there 
she sees two angels in white and they ask her, woman, why are you crying? She answers, they've taken my Lord away and I don't know where they've put him. So Mary turns around and guess who's there? It's Jesus. And yet through her tears, Mary doesn't recognize him. And so Jesus says, woman, now in our Lord's day, that was not a derogatory term. Woman, why are you crying? Now, Mary thought that Jesus was the gardener. So she says, sir, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've placed him and I will get him. That's when Jesus says the sweetest, the most important word in all of human language. He says, Mary, and that's all he had to say. Because Mary immediately recognizes that it is Jesus. He's alive. And she cries out to him, Rabboni, which means my teacher. This was a respected title that the Jews commonly used to address God in personal prayer. All of a sudden, instead of weeping, there is joy in the morning. And Mary is no longer on the weak, the lifeless side of the tomb. Jesus is alive. And what Jesus had said when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, you come to the Father by me, Mary knew that it was true. Her hope is not disappointed. And because Jesus lives, Mary then moves to the other side of the tomb, the Easter side of the tomb, the strong side, the victorious side. And now she lives too, just as Jesus lives. All that is left for Mary to do is in her excitement to run and, and tell the others. She's so excited, she tells everybody, I have seen the Lord. Well, as we hear the Easter gospel of Jesus and his resurrection again this Easter, many of you for the umpteenth time, today is an opportunity for us to come away stronger stronger in our faith in Jesus Christ, stronger in our confidence of God's mercy and compassion, stronger in our assurance that whatever we're facing right now in our lives, that God is going to be in control, that we can trust him. Through the centuries, scholars have wondered, now why did Jesus appear to Mary first, even before his closest disciples? Why did he do that? Perhaps Jesus knew that Mary, in her time of weakness and darkness in her life, needed to experience the power of the resurrection more than anyone else. Now, I don't know what's happening in your life right now. God does. But perhaps God has led you to watch this Easter message because there's something going on in your life. Whatever your situation today, because of the victory that Jesus Christ won for you, through his death on the cross and then his resurrection, our Lord wants to come to you in your heart and in your life so that now you can also go away stronger. Jesus defeated the weakness of sin and death. And through your faith, your personal faith in Jesus Christ, you can know that your sins are forgiven, that God knows you and he loves you and he's called you by name in your baptism, just like Mary. You belong to him. Your eternity is secure. Tim Keller, a pastor and author, says this. He says, to be loved but not known is comforting, but it's superficial. To be known and not loved 
is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, the way of Jesus and his love for you. And that's what we need more than anything else. There is joy in the morning for you today, for you are fully known and you are truly loved by the God of the universe who defeated Satan and sin and death. And as a result, even in your greatest weakness, you can come away stronger. When the followers of Jesus saw him alive and when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they went from being fearless, from, I'm sorry, from fearful to fearless. They went from hopeless to hopeful. They went from being cowards to being courageous. God never intended for you to go through life by your own power. Because now through your faith in Jesus Christ, you have his resurrection power. That's why the Apostle Paul could say in Philippians 3 verse 10, his greatest passion. He says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. One day for the life of me, I couldn't figure out what was wrong with our computer at home. It wasn't working. And I tried pushing every button that I knew, every key that I could try to figure out, but nothing happened. Someone must have heard my frustration in the next room because the next thing I knew, there was a sarcastically toned voice from the other room calling out, did you make sure that it was plugged in? God puts us into marriages for a reason. Sure enough, the computer wasn't plugged into the power source. You see, none of us can experience the grace and strength that we need to live on this earth to begin to fulfill the purpose that God has for us here on this earth unless we are plugged into his power and his strength. And here's the amazing thing. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the power that brought Mary from such disappointment and tears to pure joy is the same power that's available to you and me and that causes us to come out stronger. If God's spirit can raise a dead Jesus, he can also raise a dead marriage. If God's spirit can raise a dead person, he can also raise a dead or a failing career. If God can raise his son from the dead, God can raise your dead dreams and your hopes for your life. Hallelujah! God gives you the strength to come back stronger, whatever you are facing, because joy comes in the morning. There is power in Jesus Christ to free you from your past, to give you strength to break those memories that, that, that have been holding you back. When God's resurrection is part of your life, you have the power to start over when you feel like giving up. Coming back stronger means that you can overcome habits and hurts and hang-ups that have been holding you back in your life. The resurrection power of Jesus gives you hope. And even if you don't feel stronger right now, God will never stop loving you. He will never let go of you no matter what. For his love, his power, his strength are based on who he is, not on who you are. And in the end, you will come away stronger. Years ago in a small fishing village in Newfoundland, the men of the fishing village were out to sea during a, during a critical time of the fishing season. A strong, terrible storm came up and there was fierce winds and tremendous rains and record high seas. 
Well, the men and the, the women and the children of the village were, were scared that the men out in the sea would be lost. And so they set a watch and they walked the beach all night looking for a glimmer of hope that they were coming back. Things went from bad to worse, though, when one of the cottages in the town caught fire. With no men in the village, the women and children were unable to put the fire out and it spread throughout the entire town, leaving it devastated in charred ruins. The next morning on the horizon, the remaining villagers could see fishing ships, though, coming in in the distance. It was their men, and they weren't lost after all. And as they came back to shore, the women and the children were crying. They, they apologized for the burning of the town, but the fishermen were not upset. And with smiles on their faces, they said, We thought that we were totally lost, but when we saw the glow of the fires from town, we know which way to go. And the fire brought us home. Friends, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is there for you in good times, but also especially when you go through difficult storms in your life. And the living Jesus Christ is there for you. He will never leave you. And in the end, like for Mary and so many Christians who have gone before us, it will be the supernatural power of Jesus Christ and his resurrection that enables us to come away stronger. And one day, it'll be that same resurrection power that will bring us to our eternal home. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia.